When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. Stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me.
sorry that I cry, but that's kind of who I am. So um, <laughs> through the last three years, I've kind of walked through a valley or a metaphorical desert that I didn't want to be in. And God has consistently, as I'm walking through, been everything that I need when I needed it. And if I couldn't find him or couldn't see him, the more you seek, the more you find. So he was my resting place, my hiding place, my strength, my friend, my provider, all of the things that I need. So I'm thankful that I can rely on him and that he is a friend. I wanted to share this morning that I'm going to have a baby boy. There's a, ba a baby in my belly. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, when my stroke happened, a lot of the enemy stole a lot from me, and I never could quite get over, you know, all the time that had been stolen. And the scripture that says, I will restore what the swarming locusts have stolen. I feel tired. I'm, I'm actually really overwhelmed, so please pray for me. Uh, there's a lot that I can't do without hands. You f figure out ways to get stuff done, but I'm thankful that God is faithful to provide what I need and when I need it. So just please pray for us. 
other day, he showed me the scripture that I'm doing a new thing. So I'm looking streams of water in the desert. So I'm so thankful this morning for Jesus and not only for my salvation, but just how he's with us and his faithfulness. Amen. Thank you. 
It's a blessing to worship his holy name. He has no rival. He has no equal. There is none equal to the power of God. Praise his name. Oh, I want to be close, close to your side. Heaven is real and death is a lie. I want to hear voices of angels above singing as one.
that he is the great I am. <laughs> or maybe you knew it if you forgot about it. Oh, but he is the great I am. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the mountains shake. Oh, hallelujah. The mountains shake before you. The demons, they run and flee. Oh, at the mention of your name, King of Majesty, there is no power in hell. No power in hell. Nobody who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am. He's the great. you've done.
today. It's good to be in God's house today. I hope you've came expecting God to move. I hope you come with your heart open. And I know that we've had a lot of beautiful singing. We've had a lot of uh, blessing to come across. God has put something on my mind this week that I've never preached on that I know of. And I know that it's what God put there because I couldn't get it off of my mind. And it's about the things that's happened already because God's put on my mind about praise. And I was thinking about the, the songs. I was thinking about the things that God had done all week. And as I read through the Bible and you read through the Bible, you find story after story after story of personal things, things that God has did in lives. Me and Sue were talking yesterday a little bit about the things that people has done in their lives or the things that God has called them to do. And when you look back, sometimes that you see them get older, you see them get to the place they have a hard time. I watch my father, my brothers and sisters watch my father go downhill and the family watched him. We did everything we could to stop it. We did everything to help it, to help him. But yet at the same time, it was the direction that God had took him and it was not about him. And you know what? As much as we loved him, it wasn't about him. Even though we felt like, how can we go on without our father? How can we go on without our pastor? How can we go on in life? But God knows all things. And when I look at that, I don't look at what my daddy did. I don't look at what the pastor did. I don't look at the blessings of all his things. I look at what God intended for his life. And today I want you to hear something. I can't do nothing but praise God for what my father answered the call or answered the voice of God that called him to repent of his sins and to come and to give his life for a service. And can I tell you something? I look out there and I see all kinds of families that God has did the same thing. If it were not, when you look back, the Huff family can look back and know there was a day when God put his mark upon their lives. He put, their, he put his heart into their father and their mother, and they began to walk a walk. The Ekman family, I know what happened. I remember when Cliff came here. I remember the drive inside of his heart to get his children in, to get his family in. I remember Harold Dawson and a change that was in his life. Mark, I stood in the uh, hospice with him. I never heard him open up like he opened up that day. He poured his heart out to me and he wept and he said, if God had not brought me here, I would never have changed. But he changed me when he brought me. And I'm not bragging on this church. I'm just telling you about the God that we serve. His name is glory. His name is true. You can praise him and you ought to praise him. It ought to come from your mouth because you know more personal what he's done in you. And he can do many mighty things in your life. 
not trying to condemn, not trying to put nobody above nobody because none of us are above nobody. God knows what he's trying to do. He'll pick somebody like a Gideon that was out hiding trying to get his food together and then he'll turn around and pick a little shepherd boy and put him in the palace. He'll take somebody like Moses that was raised under Pharaoh and he'll turn his heart to be a heart for God. And I want to tell you something, that's the same God we serve today. He's not changed. His love is not changed. His life is not changed. He's alive and well, and he deserves the praise of this church and every church and every soul that knows him. He deserves our praise, and your life ought to bring praise to him. And if it's not Get yourself in that place where you are bringing glory and praise to his name. You don't know when tomorrow might be your day to say, I'm taking you out of here. You're not going to work for me. I'm not, I don't need you there. You refuse me. You've rejected me. I want to tell you something. Everything that we give is not for our glory. Everything we do is for his glory. And it brings praise. I want you to turn to the 15th chapter of Exodus. Got on this little story, and I can't help it, but it's not a little story. It's a big story. It's a big story about the children of Israel. They went into bondage. They had problems in the family. Joseph, praised God for a Joseph that stood in the gap. He didn't, his brothers hated him. They envied him. They were jealous of him, and they sold him off into slavery thinking they'd never see him again. But how many knows God sent him ahead to rescue the very people of Israel? But he brought them to the land because they brought Joseph there. And eventually the whole children of Israel came to stay in the land of Goshen, which is in Egypt. But in the 14th chapter, and I don't want you to read there. I just want you to go to the 15th. But in the 14th chapter, you find the people, they've been taken out of God used the hand of Moses, and he brought them out of the grip of Pharaoh. How many knows the story? He brought them out, and they all left, and they're all heading out. And finally, because Moses came to him and said, God says, let my people go. Now, Pharaoh didn't know his God. Pharaoh wanted to do it. Not, nothing to do with what Moses said. And I will not let those people go. They're building for me. They're my servants. But how many knows after the plagues and after all the things that came upon Egypt, finally Pharaoh says, okay, take them and get out of here. We don't want you in here no more. Get out. And they left with a great praise that day. They left with their arms in the air, praising God, because nobody could have took their lives out of the hands of Pharaoh. There was nobody, but he couldn't fight against the God of Israel. In the 15th chapter, what you find is you find Moses singing a song. What's he singing the song about? Because in the 14th chapter, they had came to the Red Sea. How many knows God told Moses when they left Egypt, he, they were heading a straight path. 
And I want to tell you something else you probably never thought of. Pharaoh is watching what they're doing. I don't know if he sent somebody out there to watch them or what was going on, but all of those Israelites are leaving Egypt, and Pharaoh's got his eye on them. And one, one of those things was God said to Moses, turn and go toward the Red Sea. How many knows God was, wasn't done with Egypt? God's not done with the enemy sometimes in our lives. Let me tell you something. God can save you, and he will. But you need deliverance. You need to be delivered from the enemy that keeps knocking on your door. The enemy that keeps rising up and coming back to your door. You need to be delivered from the enemy. And I want to tell you, that's the song that came to my mind. God delivers again. I can look throughout history and know God delivered again. God delivered in families here. He delivered in lives here. God's delivering still. Praise God. But it says in the 15th chapter, look at verse 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song. The, the Red Sea's already parted. They've already went through it. And they've already, the waters has already came back down and destroyed all of Egypt. The, all of the uh, soldiers, all of the chariots, everything that happened. It's already happened. Now Moses is going to sing a song. It's the first song written in the Bible. And this is it. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. I mean, those, Moses didn't have just a little song or a poem he was writing. He had something coming from his heart. He'd watch God deliver them out, and they walked out. But when they went to that Red Sea, and he stood there against the Red Sea, mountains around, they had nowhere to go when Pharaoh thought they, they had lost their mind and trapped themselves. But God lured him right out there. God brought him out there, and then God held him there, and God told Moses, lay your stick, and he laid that stick in the water parted, and they began to walk across on dry ground. It says here, Verse 2, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare him a habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Favor, listen to this. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains, Pharaoh's chosen captains also, are drowned in the Red Sea. The depth have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Man, I'll tell you what. Enemy decides he's coming after him. And he's coming after Pharaoh's coming after him, Bobby, with all vengeance. You know what? It irked him that he had to let them go. It bothered him, but everything he tried to do to stop from doing it, caused him, he had turned around and lost that firstborn, and they decided to let him go. But he watched him, and it bothered him. And when they got out there, he went after him. How many knows God was going to deliver him? 
He was going to deliver them that you don't have to deal with Egypt's armies no more. You're done with this powerful army. It says, verse 6, the right hand, thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, had dashed in pieces the enemy. In the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. That Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap. And then the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. Listen to this. Listen to Pharaoh. He says he saw them going through that Red Sea. But what did he do? He said, the enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake them. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword and my hand shall destroy them. Verse 10, thou didst blow with the wind, with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed and hast guided them in thy strength into thy holy habitation. How many know God has the power to do all things? Maria, you got on it. God can do anything. Don't you know God can do anything? Christian, don't wait till you're an old person God can do anything. Make up your mind. I'm going to believe that my God can do anything that needs to happen for me. He's got the plan for me. So anything that needs to happen, he will do it. The Lord still fights for his people. He still fights our battles. Don't you know that? Some of you would not be here had not the Lord been on your side. None of you would be here had not the Lord been on your side. I may be talking to church people. I may be talking to Christians that ought to be praising him every day. But see, we need to be reminded because these old minds and this old man keeps trying to creep up and say, just just go out and have a good time. Just go find you a good hobby. Go find you something to have fun in doing. Go and spend your money somewhere. You can't take it with you anywhere. Everybody's looking for something else to fill their time. And God was looking for his people to praise him. Because he and he alone delivered them. Amen. He didn't take their help. He wasn't after them. He, was, he wasn't after their, uh, their uh, flesh, their great strength. He was after their heart. I can't read all of this. I 
like verse 19. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots. Some wondered if Pharaoh followed him in or did he just go on living. I think this tells me he followed him in. Because it says in verse 19, For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea. And the Lord brought against the waters of the, brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. How many knows God did it? If you go back to the 14th chapter, there's one verse I'm going to read here. It's in the 25th verse. And it says, and took off. Listen to what God did. He took off their chariot wheels. After they started following him down through that, because Pharaoh had it in his mind. The enemy had it in his mind. He ain't giving up on them. He's going to destroy them. But it says here, he took off, in the verse 25 of the 14th chapter, took off the chariot wheels that they drove them heavily. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. How many knows that sounds a little bit like what America's doing? Now, you don't want to hear this, but I'm going to say it. I'm not getting on the political side. But I want you to hear this part of it. Nobody likes me talking about politics. But sometimes, you know what? It just jumps out the page at us. What was going on with the enemy in Egypt. We didn't used to be God's enemy here in America. I'm talking about our leaders. We didn't used to be an enemy against God. They don't want God in nothing. They don't want you to talk about God. Don't get spiritually uh, uh, alive inside and go up and think they're going to be happy for you. They ain't. They hate your guts. They hate your children. They're going to turn you and take you away from your children. And they're doing a job. Don't know if you know it, but they're doing it. Just like America today, instead of repenting over what's going on, they're having Pride Month. And mass killings all over. We ought to be repenting of what God has already convicted us over what's going on in our country. But we're not repenting. We're not repenting as a nation. We're not falling on our face saying, God, we need your help again. It was you that made this country. Not us. Not our forefathers. It was you. You've been involved in this all the way through. And the only way that we have a nation is because somebody paid the price. God had brought them through and brought them to. And God delivered them time after time. We've got victories and victories and victories all through the past in America. But now we're looking at defeat, defeat, defeat. Destruction's coming. All around us it's coming. Egypt could not let go and say, their God's too big. We don't want... These Egyptian soldiers saw it when they was out there and the wheels locked up. They made up their mind that we can't fight against them. Their God's fighting for them and against us. We can't fight this. I don't care if we have got 600 chariots and thousands of footmen. We cannot whip these, these handful of slaves. Because their God is fighting for them. We have to rise up. 
in Isaiah, 12th chapter. I'm going to get off there. But I want you to hear. And I want you to get it in your mind. You can read the 14th, 15th chapter. But I want you to get it in your mind. God delivered Israel. He didn't just take them out and leave them in the desert. He didn't just take them out to hear them whine until he got that out of them. He took them out to do away with the enemy. He cleaned the slate for them, if you'd have it. And I'm going to tell you something. When he saved you, he saved you to set you free from sin, not to bring your sin with you and come in and sit down and say, God's so loving and merciful, he'll just let it go. No, he's not. He's after you to be delivered from what's going on. He knows. You know he knows. This is worth fighting for. Let me tell you something. You have no idea if you got tomorrow to live. I sit and watch every day the news, and I see car crashes and shootings every day, and I'm thinking, who knows who's next? Who knows? I pray for this church that God will protect us. I pray just like they're talking about our young people. Protect our young people from the world they're in. Isaiah, the 12th chapter. This is skipping all the way to the end. I want you to hear what I'm saying. This is prophetic. It's prophecy of what Isaiah is saying. He says in the first verse of the 12th chapter of Isaiah, and in that day, what day is he talking about? He's talking about all the way down to the millennial. If you look back at the 11th chapter, he talks about the millennial, but now he's in the 12th chapter. Listen to what Isaiah is saying, and in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, thou, though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, listen, God is my salvation, I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song, he also is become my salvation. Therefore, now listen to me. I want you to say these words to yourself. He's not only your song, but he's your salvation. I mean, here's what I'm saying. He ain't just the singer's song, but he's the salvation inside of them that set them free. And we need to sing about it. We need to praise him for it. And it says, verse 3, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And listen to this, verse 4. And in that day, again, he's saying in that day. When's he talking about? He's talking about the millennial reign of Christ. He's talking about a time when you will truly be delivered from this world. You will truly be taken out and you, Christ will reign and rule. And there, like I said the other day, there won't be nobody, uh, no wicked governor working under Christ. There won't be no wicked senators sitting on the, on the council up in the White House if Christ is ruling. If this is a nation in the, in the new Jerusalem, he will reign and rule and there won't be no wicked people and wicked people sitting in a corner hiding and making deals for wrong things. Christ will reign and rule in truth with a sword, with a whip. He'll keep things in order. Praise God, I'm glad. I want things to be done right. 
It says, verse 4, And in that day shall you praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, and make mention that his name is exalted. How many seeds of four things there? Four things he says you're going to do. You're going to praise his name. You're going to call upon his name. You're going to declare his doings among the people and make mention that his name is exalted. Today, they sang praises to the name of God. They pray, sang praises to the name of Jesus. Amen. Why? He is the Savior of the world. He deserves to be praised. If you are saved, he's your Savior. Otherwise, you're not saved. There is no salvation in any other but him. And he deserves our praise. How many knows that's true? You know what? God's trying to stir us to glorify his son. Our lives is about glorifying his son with our whole life, with what we do. I know there are people here that's lost loved ones. And you may question, God, why them? Why me? Why did I have to do this? Why did somebody else have to? Why didn't somebody else die? Some wicked person that's been in jail all their life. How come I'm trying to live for God, but I'm dying? Let me tell you something. There's a glorious day. And the glory is not yours. The glory is his. And if he'll use you in life, he'll use you in death. And I want you to understand something. Praise God that Cliff walked in here one day. Praise God, he made up his mind he needed Jesus. Because see, it changed things. When you can look back in your home, you may say, my mom and dad wasn't this, my brothers and sisters wasn't that, but can I tell you something? When the salvation came through your family, God did a great and miraculous thing. And all of eternity, you're going to talk and praise him for what he has done in your life. He has brought the deliverance that we had to have. But all we keep thinking about is, what about me? What do I get out of it? Let me tell you something. You're going to get the ticket to go out of here one day. Bobby, it's going to be just like that bank teller. He's going to holler next, and it'll be your turn to go home. It's all right. Are you happy that you're in Jesus' hands? Aren't you glad you can praise the Lord for the day that he came? God delivered again. Time after time after time, family after family after family. Doors opened that nobody saw. Nobody saw it. You walked in here maybe with an attitude, I go to church with mom, she wants me to go. She's on my case. I'll make mom feel better. I'll make grandma happy today. But can I tell you something? Somewhere in there, the Holy Spirit began to pull and tug on your heart and on the truth way down deep inside. And all of a sudden, he begins to work on you. And I've heard my father and my mother tell how God saved I remember the stories of what happened in their life. 
And I think about that and I think, oh God, I'm glad you one day knocked on the door of my father and mother's heart and you changed them. And I ain't got nothing but praise for God. I got nothing to look back and say, sorry me, I didn't get all I should get. I need more money. I need more home. I need more this. I need more that. Can't clean the one we got. It's okay. Somebody will get a good deal on it someday, and that's all that <laughs> God is so good to us, and I want you to get it in your mind. I personally need to praise him. I personally need to thank him for all the deliverance that come through. His name, his work, his power, his work on the cross for me and for you. He is the one that delivers. If America can be delivered, they'll have to turn to God. Amen. I can't help it. It's going to have to happen. They don't want to hear it, and they don't want to do it. It says, sing unto the Lord, for he had done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion. For great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. The 100th Psalm, listen to this. Make a joyful no a noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. That's what we tried to do today. We come before him with singing. We come before his presence with singing. Who are we singing to, each other? No, we're singing to him. Can I tell you, I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to him. I want him to know I get what he told me. You can get it or you cannot get it. I'm doing my best I can. But I may not be all you need to hear. But I want to tell you something. He's telling me, get it. Get it inside of you and don't you ever get over it. I'm the one that delivered you. I'm the one that brought you out of where you was at. I know what you could have been. I know the failure path that you was on. But God stepped in. Wasn't a small thing. You didn't join a little club. You didn't join a little church. You know what? You joined the whole church. The church of Jesus Christ. What he has done. It says, verse 3 to Hunter's Psalm, it says, Know ye that the Lord is, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Oh, no, mom and dad made me. I don't know about my brother and sister sometimes, but I know mom and dad made me. I'm kidding, you know, I'm kidding. Don't take it serious. But God brought us into this life. I sometimes don't think we deserve to have the next breath. But God has a meaning, a meaning uh, Ben, for us to be here. He has a purpose for us to be here. And if we'll keep walking with him and talking for him, he might use you one more time. He might use you five more times. He might really give you one of those days where all of a sudden you were the only reason that the, you were the reason that the people showed up that day. Because God was going to give you something to say to them. Sometimes that happens. 
And you ain't plan it. It just happens. But that's the way God uses it. He's trying to show people the door to deliverance. He goes, know you not that the Lord God, he, is, and he hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Now I want you to flip over to the 150th Psalm, the last Psalm. Now you know what? Them Psalms are important. They're just like a lot of the songs that you hear today. You hear songs sometimes, and they'll just strike a note inside your spirit, and they'll make you want to rise up and put your hand up and praise his name. Listen to this 150 Psalm. Oh, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. And I think the psaltery means a flute. It says praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and the organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Russell, that's to you. Praise him for the, with the loud cymbals. And praise him with the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you something, brother. That is written to you and me. That's not written to the world outside. They can't praise God. We can praise God because we have the Spirit of God inside of us. And when he enters into the room, I want to stand at attention and say, Lord, I feel your presence. And I want to lift my hand and praise. And when somebody over here gets happy, I want to move a little closer to where they're at. Because I want to feel more of it. That's who we are. We have got something to praise him for. You've been saved. You've been set free. No, not everything's rosy. We're not home yet. But we're going to a beautiful place. Praise God, Mike, you and Nikki. Praise God. God delivers again. And God will answer prayers that you think, oh, no, I don't want to go that way, Lord. I'd rather have it this way, Lord. No. God says, I'm going to take you this way. See, I wonder what Moses Moses already got it in his mind, Bobby. Don't question what God says. God said, turn and go to the Red Sea. He's going to the Red Sea. And all the people starts whining. Oh, my goodness. He brought us out here to kill us. Wasn't, no, wasn't enough room for graves in Egypt to bury us. You brought us out here to kill us. And God said, don't call up on me no more. Just go forward. Put your staff down and go forward. Did you know God already told him where to go and he told him what to do when he got there? You know what? God's, God is willing if we're willing. God wants to work in you, but you need to go to him. Don't go to somebody else. Don't look for the next app on there to find out what you need. Call on God. He's, got, he's offended at you. He's offended that 
He will deliver you, give you all the blessing that he's put in your life. And you may see it. You may look back and know all the things that God has done. But you're not going to go to God. You're going to go to something else. God's offended. We need to learn. Lord, I love you. I praise you. Before I asked you for anything, Lord, I owe you praise for all you've done. It's hard to praise God when your father dies or your mother dies or your loved one dies. It's hard to just get down and say, Lord, I praise you. But see, I can look back at some of those that's even been young and passed on here. And I can realize, look what God done in their life. Look what God has done in their life. Look at the change that went on in the short time that they were here. See, I see it. I can see the ones. I see Mike Brown. I see Larry. I see Ronnie. I see people. I see people that God made a change in their heart and life. They lived a life for him. Had no idea they was leaving early. But inside of them, they had to keep walking. They accepted whatever path God said. Larry kept saying, God's got this. Don't worry about it. He told me up the hospital. Don't worry about it. God already answered my prayer. I said, he did. Because I said, Larry, hear from God. I kept telling him that. You're going to hear from God. He said, God spoke to me. He said, I got this. Oh, he said, he just smiled. And I said, okay, Larry. I didn't want him to leave. But it wasn't my decision. And you may get upset. You may not like what's happened in your life. But look back at the good that God has done. Look back at what God had done in their life before they got to that place. Praise his name. Praise his name everything that he's done. Praise him for the doors that we'd have never went through had not he opened that door and showed us. Praise him that he can go and have a salvation that can turn us from our faults and failures and forgive us and forget it and put us up on a pedestal to walk where he said. And I walk the high rail, walk the place where I tell you to walk. God's got a path for you to walk. If you ain't walking that path, the world ain't seeing you walking that path. God needs you to stand faithful and true to him. Running out of time. With everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. I want to go real quick right here to Colossians. Colossians, the first chapter, there's two, two, three verses there I'm going to read. And I'm going to go to the second chapter. It says, giving thanks. Verse 12 of Colossians 1.12. I want you to hear this because it's important. Now, you know, after all that story of Moses, and you can just stand here and say, well, we had to, the whole message was about Moses. No, it wasn't. The message is about delivered again. The message is that God's been delivering 
Oh, ever since Moses sang that first song, God's been delivering people. God's been delivering. But that first deliverance was the first song written. How many songs of deliverance has been written since then? Because God has delivered a lot of people. They got songs in their heart coming out. They can't get over it. Colossians 1.12 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet. What does that mean? He made us qualified. Did you know you're qualified to be a partaker in this? Oh, my goodness. I don't know what you see in that, but I see something. See, I could not just join church. I could not just go up here and quote words. I had to put my heart into God's heart. I had to say, Lord, I want you to run my life. I want you to have my life. You tell me yes, I'll go. You tell me no, i stop. Are you willing to come there? Because I want to tell you something. God's working on every one of us this way. But he says here, he has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Praise God. See, I could, I could forgive myself, Carl, but it wouldn't go away. You know what? I had to go to him that I offended. I had to go to him that had wrote the words down that made me guilty. He wrote the holy words down, and I become guilty before God, and I needed a Savior. And I had to bring myself there. But can I tell you something? He fixed it to where we become partakers, qualified to be partakers of this gospel of Jesus Christ. See, most of you can look back and say, I remember what I did. I ain't really worthy to be a Christian. No, you ain't never going to be worthy. Doesn't matter what you did. You wasn't worthy then, and you're not going to be worthy in any of your luck, except for in the blood of Christ, except for what he has done. He has delivered us. Look at verse, look at Colossians 2. Verse 10, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Now listen to me. He circumcised your heart. He separated you for himself. He has circumcised you, and now his in, in, in you is the heart of God, if you allow it. He is circumcised, set you apart. People will recognize there's something in you that's not normal. It's not like the flesh. It's something good, something, something pure. Something, you're like a little child sometimes. Isn't that good? Did you ever meet Christians that just act like little children? They're just so happy. And you think, man, ain't you ever ran into no problems? They have. But they ran into the solution. And when it's got to the solution, all of a sudden they're happy. Little, little Zacchaeus, just a wee little man. But I'm going to tell you something. When he left that day, he was a giant. 
Jesus came to his home and changed his life. And I want to tell you something. All through the Bible, you've got those cases. Jesus made a difference. He delivered. Verse 11 of 2 Colossians. In whom also you are circumcised, circumcised with hands, in putting off the body of sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein, and it ain't talking about water baptism, it's talking about being baptized into Christ, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. We're spiritually resurrected. See, I got an old body still. I know it's telling me it's old. But can I tell you, there's a spiritual resurrection that went on inside of me. He turns and circumcises the heart and he changes you on the inside and you're not the person you have. Don't listen to the devil. Don't listen to the flesh. You don't have to walk that way. I've been delivered from that, from that life. It says, and you being dead in your sins and, and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, that was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. Listen to what he did. He triumphed, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. Why am I saying that? Moses delivered the people by the word of God. Jesus Christ has delivered every one of us. He triumphed over the enemy that had us bound in this world. I mean, here's what I just said. You know what? You were lost and undone. You were a sinner and bound for hell until Jesus comes in. And you may not think it. The devil will try to tell you ain't got nothing. But I'll tell you there's been a change in your life. Stand up and declare, I am a child of God. Praise his name. I didn't earn one bit of it. Wasn't I good? Wasn't my good parents that raised me good. It wasn't my good self that raised myself. Was it my wife's corrections? It wasn't none of those things. I had to come to him myself, and so do you. But I want you to understand, we are complete in him. We're delivered in him. Israel had a hard time accepting they were delivered by God. They kept looking at the fleshly things. Did you know three days after that day, that Moses wrote that song, him and Miriam. Miriam got the women out with cymbals, and they were just whacking the cymbals. Thousands of women just running all over the repeating. And I think that's where that repeat started. I think that somebody would sing a, a verse, and they'd sing behind it. And they were banging on those timbrels and those, and those uh, making, a, making a joyful noise for the Lord. But can I tell you, three days later, they were whining out in the wilderness. Well, three days didn't have no water. What are we going to do for water? You brought us out here to kill us, didn't you? They just watched God part the Red Sea. They watched God do all of those things, and yet, oh, don't take long. We start whining again. Now, let me tell you something. When you go out of here and you go to the restaurant, don't whine. 
praise God today. Give him praise for what he's done in you. You're going into a world and they're going to try to please you today by feeding you. And can I tell you, they don't know sometimes what you have inside. Let's begin to love people. Let's begin to tell them Jesus loves them. Let's begin to open that door to them and say, don't you know he loves you? Come on back up, man. One more place I want to read, and it's in the 15th chapter of Revelation. This is talking about getting near that millennial time. And I want you to hear it because it covers all that I've said today. Now listen to what I'm saying. The 15th chapter of Revelation, there's two verses. Verse 3 says, and they sang the song of Moses. Wow. You mean in Revelation, the 15th chapter, they're singing what the song that Moses wrote? Way back? It says, and they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Praise God. See, we sing the song of the Lamb all the time. We sing about him when his birth. We sing about him when he died on the cross. We sing about he's alive and resurrected. We sing all of those songs to uplift the name of the one that delivered us. Israel still worshiping and still serving God through Moses. They ain't never seen Christ yet. They will. And they sung and they sung and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou art only, art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. I hate to tell you, this is written in the book of Revelation, but it's talking about a judgment coming. And it's talking about them singing the songs of Moses, the song of, of the Lamb, and talking about how our Lord God Almighty is so great. He's done so many beautiful things. But can I tell you something? These people, these people that's at the bottom here, they're facing judgment because they've rejected. But they began to see their victory in Jesus. We're facing that day. I think even back in this place here, talking about songs, just like we've read in, in the book of Psalms, the songs. The songs are going to praise his name for what he has done. Look at all the mighty things that God has done through creation, through life, through your life, through your personal life. People can line up here and testify to what God has done in their life. We can line up. We share it all the time. We talk about how great God is, how beautiful it was the day he came into my life. How he opened the door, and I never even saw the door, but he opened the door to my heart, and he began to change me. See, the world don't see that no more. They believe Jesus. 
God deserves praise. I don't tell you that we're supposed to get in people's face and just praise Him. But I ain't ashamed of it. I don't care. I watched that uh, city slicker. I know. Stupid movie, but it was a cowboy movie and it was funny and I just started watching it. But at the end, when they found the, the map that found the way to where they was going, that little Billy Crystal gets up and starts doing some kind of crazy little dance. And I thought to myself, that's what the Christians ought to be doing. We ought to be laughing, dancing, and shouting and happy every time we get together. Because when I get with you, I'm gonna, uh, you're going to share something with me, and I'm going to share something with you, and we're going to both go home better. Because God's working in you, and God's working in me. Let me tell you something. When the teachers be here, when the preachers preach and be here, when the songs are being sung, be here. Guess why? Because you need encouraged in the Lord to praise Him. Don't ever set back on your praise. He deserves your praise every day. We call upon Him when we're in need. Well, we're in need. But He wants His people to recognize. This ain't something that I just keep ding-donging Him for. This is something I love Him and I trust Him. And I hand Him all of my my all my problems, Lord, you're the answer. Everybody say it. A couple weeks ago, we talked about we had the soldiers to stand. You know why we honor the soldiers? Because they participated. Heard what I said. Carl's been here. Carl was it in the 1950? What year did you go into service? I'm sorry, not mean to be personal. What year did you? Was you in the Korean War? In the Korean? Was it the Korean War? Yeah. 49. Well, and, and I think Korean War was 50 to 53 or something in that area. Wasn't sure if you was right in the Korean War. I had uncles that was in the Korean War. But I thought to myself, we honor our soldiers because they participated. They could sit back and say, no, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm brave enough. I don't think I'm capable enough. But see, the country was calling people to the soldiers. They were calling them to the side to stand up for the country. And can I tell you, the soldiers stood in. And they stood. They had no idea what was going to happen. Ben, you had no idea. You didn't have no idea that it would take a leg getting broke or whatever it was to keep you out of the war, keep you out of the battle. But can I tell you, one of the reasons we honor them is because they participated. God wants us to participate. Participate praising and participate in lifting his name above every name. That's who we are. That's what we're to do. We're God's children. I don't know why God's put this praise for this time because God needs his people not to forget. You know Israel should have 
should have stopped and dropped every day. Not give me 20, but give me praise. They should have praised him every day. All they had to do was look back a little ways. Instead, they got out there and whined until God said, I'm going to let every one of you die who's 20 and, 20 and uh, older. God's waiting on us to rise up and to call him blessed every day. Wherever you're at, whatever your call is, whatever God's doing in you, you have a short time. We all have a short time. See, we had no idea we could go forward after left here but God's still God he knows exactly where we're going praise God as they sing something if you need to pray you pray if you need to come up here just to be prayed with I know Patty's going for surgery this week won't you remember Patty Patty and Tom waiting on this surgery to come. She needs help. Don't lift her up. That's Ethel Duran's sister. I want you to remember her. Remember our people. If you need to come and pray, don't hesitate. You know what? You need to get back into prayer and praise line. Praise him. Lord, is it hard for you to praise him? Sometimes people ask you to pray for them, and how many know sometimes you feel like, I got to go repent before I can pray for anybody else. I ain't been praying enough myself. Well, let me tell you something. Don't be ashamed to pray for them. It ought to be what every one of us. Sometimes when the Spirit of God's moving, and I see myself, I keep saying to myself, get up, what's the matter with you? The old body says, sit still. My spirit inside says, rise. God's moving. Praise God. I want to hold you like this. As he sings, you come. If it had not been for the Lord on my side,
be honest with you, I never did like it when somebody else would tell me to praise God. I feel like you'll praise him when you're ready. I'm not telling you when to praise him. I'm just telling you that's your personal, that's personal between you and God. But it ought to be a part of who we are. He deserves the praise. Those psalms wouldn't be written. All the psalms wouldn't do that. I don't want to conjure up anything. I don't want to start singing fast songs to make you pat your foot and run, you know. And I don't want to sing a, a weeping song to make you cry. I want you to praise God because inside of your heart, I need to praise him. Sometimes we come and somebody else is ready to praise him. And I enjoy it. I'm not judging how hard they're praying or how hard they're shouting. But I can tell you something, it thrills. The praise is not only for you, but the church, just like the church needs to repent as a whole, the church as a whole needs to praise him too. We need to lift him up. And I won't never tell you when to do that. I'll tell you to do it as God shows you. But don't ever be ashamed of it. I'm not looking on at people and saying you don't praise him enough. I, I knew one, I have one uncle, he cried every time he got blessed. He just wept and cried. You could see it all over his face just glowed. But you know what? Other people, they get just the least bit happy. They start jumping around. They can't be still. That's okay. Don't say you won't do something. Be careful about saying you won't do something. God will make you do something you don't really want to. You'll think you're embarrassed yourself. God loves you. He loves us in this day and time. We need to be children of God all the way, all complete in him. Praise God. I thank you for your patience today.